Welcome to Cancelled. We've made it. <laughs> uh, I feel like I, I literally I was laying in bed watching the last four episodes. My girlfriend was next to me. She was doing something else. And I finished the last episode and I was like, man, that was a lot of work. This was exactly what I said. Yes. This was a, that was a lot. It was, what, 18 episodes? 19. 19. That's 19 why it felt episodes. like one too many. This okay. Was four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the problem. Which I will mm. say the last episode. Okay, we'll get to it. Yeah, the yeah, last yeah. episode does not feel like a last episode, but the second to last, last episode was definitely how they does. should have gone out. Something's real weird. No, um, yeah, I, I feel you though. It was quite a marathon. I ended up, um, I was on a date that went better than expected last night. And then I was running up against the clock. I had to cram these episodes in before today's taping. And I ended up having to say to her, hey, I got to go watch four episodes of this 90s kids show. <laughs> Do you want to come back to my place and watch my them? My favorite part of that is yeah. that I have to go watch I four episodes. I have a really important assignment. I have to go watch four episodes. And she did ask Canada. why, to sure, her credit. She hope. checked my story out. But yeah, it yeah, checked yeah, out. Yeah. And we did, went back and we watched an episode. Then we found something better to do. Fair enough. And then uh, I spent the rest of the night with the other three episodes. Woo. Yes. Uh, I just, sorry for the late, I'm going to put this up, well, this is Thursday, we're recording it Thursday, I'm going to put it up when I get home, I'm sorry for the lateness on this episode, but I was in New York City, doing fucking nothing, <laughs> and it was awesome, uh, we, like, it was a straight, I haven't had, like, a straight up vacation, even when I go on vacation, like, me and my girl went to New Orleans, I was like, oh, well, I just jump on some Hell Yes Fest shows or whatever, yeah. like, I don't ever, like, just not do comedy, so, like, four days of fucking restaurants and walking around Park Slope and laughing at fucking white people. Well, first off, there's not I shouldn't say that because I didn't see any white people with white babies. I saw a lot of brown older women pushing white babies in strollers. Okay. Because okay. it's a very nanny heavy Yes. It's a very nanny heavy uh, part of the city. But there I, I saw a lot of white kids way too old to be in strollers still in strollers like right like your feet are dragging on the ground like get like the kid can walk unless they're like I, they're not handicapped they're just like i'm not walking I, you're gonna have to carry me but to be fair they're handicapped just, <laughs> just, just not, not relative to their peers right but yeah i mean as someone who i've never owned a stroller for either one of my kids well we've owned one but i've never used a stroller mm-hmm. i refuse to they have to if they can walk they walk and if they can what do you do when they were babies I carry him. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, it was like one of us is getting in shape. <laughs> <laughs> Something good's coming out of these babies. Now, I say that like I'm like I'm a genius or like right. I'm proud of it, but I did full-on lose my children at Trail of Lights <laughs> because of that. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, <laughs> there sure. are benefits to a stroller. Yeah, yeah. I lost one child, and then the other child merely gave herself a concussion. No, it, that's fine. It's fine. We survived. <laughs> <laughs> you're the only... You must have such a busy life because you're the first person I've ever heard come back from New York and be like, how was it? And you're like, oh, so relaxing. It was... I mean, it's a, it is a fast pace. Like, you're yeah. moving and like... Just in general, even walking from the restaurant to the museum, mm-hmm. which is literally all I did, uh, to the bar, to the bed, uh, you're doing it faster than you do in a lot of places, but I really went with zero plans, zero like mm-hmm. schedule, so just not having to worry about shit, not having to worry about writing, getting up, I got a show tonight, I got to record the podcast, I got to right. go to work. None of that shit. Like a full-on vacation. Just enjoy yourself. Did you head into Jersey to catch the Pitbull Surfers? <laughs> God, I wish I had now that we get to it, uh, which we will get to a little later in this run. I will say this. I went to a restaurant called Russ and Daughters, which is like mm-hmm. a Jewish... It's not full-on deli, but it's more like they focus on like just like Jewish comfort foods. So it's like bagels and locks, latkes, okay. pickled herring. There's also like a crazy caviar service you can get this way, expensive. Sure. Okay. Russian stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But fucking awesome to the point where it's like I'm just going to – like that trope of like yeah, if, if you can go back in time, would you kill Hitler? No, okay. just bring him to Russ and Daughters, and he'll be like, fuck, I really messed up. Like, we the, we could have had all this deliciousness. Like, it's, it has changed the Holocaust good restaurant. I've never heard that argument. Like, if we've invented time travel, why don't we go back and bring Hitler to the future yeah. and, and then, show him, like, what a loving, what, tolerant what society... society the Jews are, and, like, yeah. all because we had to get past you. And the worst thing that we would end up with is one more Trump, uh, Trump voter. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah. where's the goddamn Donald... Okay, okay. Well, no, hold on. Let's, ju- let's not jump the gun. Uh, we're starting at ep- the first episode, episode yes. 16, yes. Uh, The Loyal Order of the Corn. Which was goofy as fuck. Which was, the honestly, 
the last flat out bad episode i think it was and not only was it the last of these this weird run of bad toned episodes but at least they finally did something with poochie they to tried to tell some sort of story with existence. poochie yeah like to have like get into his backstory a little bit but at the end of the day at the end of the episode it's like keep on searching poochie or whatever they tell him which was and then nothing literally literally, n- literally the next episode he's working at, he's just like stealing in the fucking world of stuff again do you but, think it was in john Aston gomez do you think it was in his contract to only be on shitty episodes the only, not, the not only, only, only be on shitty episodes well i won't go that far because i think the next episode is actually pretty fun uh he is in the next two episodes the next, yeah, which yeah. are good they're they're fine yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um but I will say that he is to be prominently featured in the worst episodes. Easily. And, like, also he has to always be, like, wearing a goofy hat for some reason. Like, there's some... I don't know why he can't just, like, be a guy. Um, <laughs> Chill this, out, Gomez. It's so weird. So And also, so this episode is basically the Stonecutters, um, mm-hmm. which when you add that to the fact that they've introduced the Poochie to this episode, I feel like people are just, like, watching The Simpsons. Um, well, actually, it'd be the other way around, wouldn't it? I guess because this probably does pre ninety one, ninety two, yeah, yeah, and that, yeah. that was like the ninety three to ninety five season. Yeah, so yeah, maybe yeah, the yeah. Simpsons were basically like, "Erie, yeah, Indiana, yeah. you had some yeah, good, some good premises. Let's try to fix them." Valid point. <laughs> yeah. Um, although I would say with the Poochie thing, they probably were like, "That's the worst introduction of a character ever." Let's do. Oh that. my god, maybe we've stumbled on maybe like Conan O'Brien was like a huge Erie, Indiana fan, <laughs> and there's like all sorts of subtweeting going on about I fucking wouldn't how that show should have gone. I wouldn't doubt it. Mm. So. Uh, this okay. episode is Loyal Order of the Corn. Marshall's father has joined what is their uh, take on the Elks Lodge right. or whatever. Once Guanista. again, their parents joined whatever cult they came across. <laughs> A thousand percent. Um, for, uh, uh, Marshall and Simon are going to investigate when they get there, which means they're peeking in through the window at a meeting of the Loyal Order of the Corn. I was real mad at Marshall at the beginning of this episode because mm-hmm. he starts talking about like... Uh, you know, having to uh, investigate the paranormal can really take it out on a guy, even if he has a little help from his friend Simon. A little help? Dude. Simon has been at your side fucking every step of the way. Yep. He has, like, run to save your life multiple times. He's a nine-year-old. Exactly. Cut that fucking kid some slack and give him some credit. Bitch, except for this episode, usually Simon's Batman and your ass yeah, is yeah. Robin. <laughs> a hundred, yeah, yeah. for certain, mm-hmm. yeah, that may, I literally, maybe, I'm such a Simon fan, yes. uh, particularly when we get to the uh, Next TV to episode. episode. Oh, oh yeah, my yeah. God, wow. Simon. Um, and, and I feel like there have been multiple episodes where Simon, Simon's just been standout. Yeah. He's clear, I don't, other than apparently picking fences, he didn't go on to do much acting. Right. I love him. I love him to pieces. Um, yeah. Uh, so they go and they're watching. Uh, fucking Poochie is there, yeah, uh, along with a bartender who's clearly inspired by The Shining. Yeah, clearly, and it's yeah. it's Ray Watson, Watson, Watson. He's from like uh, he's the Mister Hen uh, Fast Times Ranch High. Oh my god, Fast Times! I knew I recognized him, but I didn't a know that. Thousand yeah. fucking things. Yes, very standard early '90s old guy. Yeah, for certain. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> The the Loyal Order Horn has a song that's pretty great. Yeah. Um, not great enough for me to add it to this episode, only because they cut away from it too much. Yeah, all the, there's a lot of action that happens in the middle of the song, so you miss a lot of the song. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they they're going to be in, apparently in, I don't know if they're inducting Marshall's dad or he's like moving up in the ranks. Yeah, something of the like cult that. or whatever. But they it's not even a cult. It's literally just as we see it. A goofy fucking Elks Lodge thing. Exactly. They're all uh, eating popcorn. They're wearing corn hats. Yeah. They make <laughs> a lot of corn puns. Until they go into the inner sanctum and yes. a whole wall splits apart with like light and fog coming out from behind it. Oh, but yeah. Gotta um, have a lot of dry ice back there. Of <laughs> well, course. Shit ton. It preserves but, all the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the stuff which we will find out later. Anyway, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> this episode bothered me so much on so many levels. Yes. Uh, even though I almost, like you said, they tried to do something with Poochie, so I kind of respect that. But uh, anyway, no, but the, I, I know I'm anyweighing a lot, but this fucking episode. Let's get through, let's just get past this one. Okay, so yeah, they they they, they, they whatever they discover the inner sanctum. They cover the, well. Eventually, the, they get to the inner sanctum by bribing. Uh, I keep oh, saying say a stupid fucking name. They Poochie starts to refer to himself as Dash X because he has a plus sign and a minus sign right. on his hands. 
Like a battery. Like a battery. Which led me to believe that, or to start hoping that he would be used to power some sort of device and thereby be incinerated. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yes. Uh, I don't think we're that lucky. Nope. Um, he got, The dad comes out of the thing. He hasn't passed his test or whatever. He hasn't learned enough or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they sneak in. They're almost caught because they notice in these pictures. There's like a picture on every from every year for like 80 years. Uh, Ned, who's the bartender, is exactly the same in every one of the pictures. It's He's the never shining. changed. Yeah. He's been there for 90 years. It's the Shining, 100. Yeah. Um, they confront him. And we find out that he's an alien. Yep. Uh, he got stuck here a hundred years ago. Also has a dash and an X on his also hands. Has a, well, we don't a find dash. that out initially. Oh, that's we right. We find that out later, but what the fuck? It's a Who terrible cares? reveal. It's a reveal done by him taking off gloves. It's fucking Very stupid. Very slowly. Yeah. That boy needed some burlesque lessons because yeah, that yeah, was yeah, the yeah. dullest glove remove <laughs> I have ever seen. But he tried to do a burlesque where like, you he pluck did. the One fingers finger. real quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Nope. That was who Roxy needs to show him how to do that shit. <laughs> yeah. Roxy Castillo, hilarious also comics. Mm-hmm. Oh, and what's in the inner sanctum, by the way, is... Uh, Several large rocks and a television. Yeah, there's a TV and a bunch of crystals from the land of the lost. Um, there's a good laugh in it, just not meant to be a laugh, where they like basically it's a giant TV for the time, but they walk yeah, up and they're yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. god, it's the biggest TV oh, in the maybe world. 36 inch. And it's, yeah, it's a standard flat screen. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's totally a standard flat screen. They, there is a reveal where. Uh, they're able to open up this door to receive this crystal, which is what opens the inner sanctum, yeah. because uh, there's these two handprints on the door, and if Dash X... That's the last time we refer to him as Dash no, X. No, no. Poochie. Yeah, uh-huh. Poochie puts his hands in those places, <laughs> the door unlocks. Those hands have pluses and minuses on them right. as well. And so he's clearly he is somehow connected to the loyal order of the corn, and mm-hmm. this, what we will find out, is an alien guy. Um, there's also a line that I found real weird where uh, when they get back there, there's like a big TV, and Simon goes, oh, no, maybe they're working for the Japanese. That's a little oddly yeah. right, like xenophobic. And I know at the time, that all oh, the Japanese are taking over the country. It's kind of timely to the thing. Kind they're of, buying up everything, but it's still great. That's multiple digs at Japanese people, for yeah. sure. And then there's also, I, this is the other problem I have. So we we find out, you know, the alien, and uh, I did like the idea that, like, in order for the alien to get back to his homeland, he needed to get because he's like, I'm like, they're like, well, why didn't you just build? Why didn't you fix the transporter or whatever and get right. home? And he's like, well, I'm a pilot, I'm not a mechanic, I don't know how to fix any of this shit. I just don't yeah. fly it. So uh, he had to get humans to invent radio, <laughs> then. Like, evolve radio into television so they could start the technology that would allow him to make this television that will allow so him to eventually So he could home. poltergeist himself into whatever the television has on it. Which is exactly what happens to Simon. He gets trapped in a TV. Again. That's it. Well, he oh, not get, again. No, that was, that but was the it other is kid. a second yeah. kid trapped in a TV episode. I kind of wanted Marshall to be like, oh, I, we've already done this one. It and just immediately his, fix it. Well, that was it runs in his fucking family because that was his brother who got caught in the TV last yeah, time. Yeah. The brother who. Oh, Simon's brother. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And now Simon's caught in a fucking TV. So this is a problem for this family. <laughs> it's a problem for this family. <laughs> but then also, like, so then we find out that, like, the Loyal Order of the Corn has been working on fixing this transponder. Mm. I kind of, unbeknownst to them, there's some vague... The hat makes them the zombie. Hat, like, yeah, the, yeah, so the corn hat allows Ned, the bartender, to like control, control them, them. To, to a degree or whatever. Anyway, Marshall's so the, dad is working on this fucking they finally transponder an thing. Right, so he's it's a, just a universal remote control. It's what he says, but in reality, what it is, according to Ned, is some sort of transporter, ponder, whatever the fuck. Oh movie. man, that thing was genius. It, it, was, it, op- it opens a mechanical microwave door. It, 100%. Which is not a thing a, micro- yeah, a remote uh, control yeah, can yeah, do. It, it, it opens a, a, a microwave door that you have to push, push a, a physically push a thing that unlatches the thing. Something is not connected no. to electricity at all. Uh, but then I also have a problem with this at one point marshall when they when the ned reveals that the mm-hmm. dad's project is what's going to finally fix this thing and get him sent home and get simon right, out and the moons are aligned for the first time in 100 years it's that if, all if we don't if it doesn't work i'm sucking yeah. for another 100 years and he's like i don't think i can make it 100 another 100 years especially now that eerie's gotten cable I, that's a shitty dig at I, tv that particularly you're on a tv show like don't i get they, like like Simpsons took digs at Fox. Yeah. That was like subversive and whatever. That's you're just literally like you're the pro- like this episode is so bad. You are why people would make fun of cable. Like you're yes. not. You're just you're making fun of yourself at that point, and not in a charming way at all. Right. But here's my point. So Marshall's dad is fixing this thing, and at one point Marshall says, "My dad, 
Our VCR has been blinking to midnight for two for six months. Your dad's a fucking scientist <laughs> slash inventor. At one point, a few episodes ago, he listed ninety credentials of why he's yes, a genius. Exactly. He can't. That, of course, he could fix your VCR. It's not even a. It's not even a question. He Children invented, do that. He invented a food source that could be served by plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> he invented an ATM with human feelings. <laughs> He invented AI with better AI than I've seen in any movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since, yeah. But he can't program shit like that. Just is like it's lazy, lazy, and it's like why these this episode I put in with the last run of episodes because right. it's really fucking lazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So the inevitable all happens. Nothing surprising happens. The parents end up helping. They, but yeah, somehow the mom is well. The mom I, in a completely unnecessary turn. I think just to get the mom in the episode. Well, and also to introduce like. Some weirdly awesome feminist takedowns, which told me that they fired James Woods. Yeah, they totally switched back to their original political tone, which was very jarring. But yeah, very jarring, particularly when we get to the next episode. Yeah, but we'll get there in a second. Right. But they bring the mom in. She's mad because, like, oh, this is the only this this town only matters your opinion if you're a man. And I'm sick of all these secrets with your with your corn group or whatever. And maybe you should start telling me your secrets. Blah blah blah. They go back. Yeah. Uh, the remote control work. Simon gets out of the TV. Mildly um, cold here's, from being here's sent right, to so Jupiter. He's, he's, stand, he's been standing on Neptune or Jupiter, yeah. wherever the fuck he's been. At one point, he literally is he's like, it's getting hard to breathe. Like, he's dying. Like, we're supposed to imply that he's dying, right? But, like, there's, like, the, somehow 88% oxygen on Jupiter. It doesn't seem to be. It's, like, an inconvenience. It's, it's fine. Lack yeah, of oxygen. He's fine. He's, he's fine. talking a lot. Um, <laughs> but at the point, at that moment, yeah. he starts going, it's getting harder to breathe. That is implying some amount of peril. Right. He sneaks out. He gets out of the TV. They're like, how are you? He's like, oh, if I had my mittens, it would have been fun. You were dying uh, yeah. 20 seconds ago. Like, can we either, keep any hey, amount of a tone? Simon's Batman, man. He's, Simon is a, a brave a son of a bitch. badass. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Um, but also, I think a lot of that comes from not caring if he lives or dies. Well, like, it's a dark character. Like, he just wants to be out of that yeah. hellhole of a house, which we get another reference to coming up shortly, but mm-hmm. we'll get to that in a minute. I think just um, try, trying to throw a joke in. for Yeah. Just, where, just, where just, one is not needed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Hmm. Uh, and this is where we get the big Poochie reveal. <laughs> kind of. We don't really. We get um, the reveal that we're stuck with him the rest of the yeah, uh, he's, run uh, of the series. Right. But he said... This is so a perfect opportunity to ship him to fucking Neptune. And he's a dick from the... Be- yeah, if they had yes. shipped him to Neptune and then flat out Poochie has to go back to his home planet then, this is uh, the best fucking Be- things that happened. Best TV series of all time. 100%. <laughs> uh, not what happens. He no. confronts... Uh, Ned, because he's like, Ned's like, I gotta go back to Neptune. Here's a weird thing. Ned says to Marshall, um, do you want to come? Yes. You're the first human being I've ever met that would, in, that would like, right. this would work. You would enjoy exploring other worlds. Fly to the Navigator. Come um, yeah. How the fuck do you know that? You've spoken to Marshall for a total of six minutes, <laughs> max. You just yelled at him for a few, and then this. That's yes. literally it. Uh, so that annoyed me. Uh, and it annoyed fucking Poochie because Poochie's like, fuck you. And he grabs the remote and he's like, you're taking him? I'm the one with the fucking pluses on my hand. I'm plug- I'm clearly plugged into this shit. Yes. I'm going to fucking Neptune. Yeah. And then Ned's like, no, that's not your destiny. Your destiny is here. The secrets of the loyal order of the corn are much deeper than this and blah, blah, blah. And you have to keep searching and you'll find the answer. And he's like, tell me this. You, my dad. And he's like, oh, I wish it was that simple. Right. Uh, but you keep searching and you'll find the answers you need. Ugh. Ned goes back to fucking Neptune. In the end. Uh, They they keep one of the hats. Yeah. That's their thing for the the. If we were recording a commentary track for this instead of just talking about it, I would be booing for the last five minutes. Oh, yeah. I was literally booing at it. Oh, yeah. It was was terrible. But there is one line that I I hate loved Mm because it just sent me on a fucking, like, screaming at my laptop moment. (laughs) Um they're like, the mom and dad don't remember anything or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he, he says to Mr. Radford, to Gomez Adams, Marshall says, like, something about, like, well, that was pretty weird, don't you think? Mm-hmm. And Mr. Radford's like, wasn't as weird as what happened at the Indiana Bolathon in 1989 or whatever. What the fuck happened at the Bolathon? You just watched a hundred-year-old alien walk into a television set. What the fuck happened at this Bolathon that's so goddamn weird? Also, 
you've been tied up in a basement for 18 See, months. Eight, yeah, yeah, for a long time. Completely forgotten about by the town. And yeah, you're yeah, now no. the leader of the loyal order of the corn? <laughs> Valid point. And like a prominent figure in the town. Yes. I think because in that boss hog way where he's the only businessman, so he just is in charge of things. Right, right. Uh, Primogenitor or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, a very weak episode. Yes. Two thumbs down. <laughs> two thumbs way down. However, kind of, again, how we said like three episodes ago, or at this point four episodes ago, there was clearly a change in the writing staff. Yes. I feel like there's a bit of another change. I think they changed back for two. I think For they, a couple episodes or it's something. It's almost like they put them in a different order, because the next two episodes feel, feel like the should, ones we were liking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, like, they should be the end. Yes. Like, like the show is coming to a, like a, a even sort of an energetic climax, where, like, yes. this next episode is very frantic in a way. There's a lot of shit happening, a lot of moving parts. Not a lot of moving parts, it's also but, like, very... there's a lot of yelling and moving and singing. Not singing, but, like, people chanting along, singing to that no, fucking... singing the whole time. To that commercial, and then, like, a hundred people in the streets. It's a big episode. It's very confident, too. It, very it much It knows so. what it wants to do, and it does it straight uh, up. It knows what it wants to do, and well, what it wants to do is tell the viewers that Donald Trump collects souls for the devil. Yes. That is a thousand percent the point of this episode absolutely. written in 1991. Yes. It's true, and it's, it's absolutely obvious. There's no, like, no, they, there's no. Okay, let's just yeah, get into okay. it. So the episode starts. He um, he says something about credit, like people do crazy shit for credit. Yeah. Uh, his mom comes downstairs and with this disguise kit that Marshall has bought at the World of Stuff, and she's like, "I bought this on credit. You told me you would pay me back for it. The bill is due. Either you pay now or you got to take Return it back it. to the World of Stuff." He takes it back to the World of Stuff because he doesn't have any money. Uh, and in a very weird acting choice, uh, he goes up to, uh, to Gomez and he's like, hey, I need to return this. And then go, no, 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 no. He's just screaming it was in the craziest way. He actually starts barking. Uh, yeah. It's so weird. It's the best Gomez moment that he actually brings to the show. It's I such, loved it. And it's a clear choice. Like, that yes. is a, you made an acting choice. You have a secret back there explaining it, but it's only in your head. It's fucking weird. Uh, um, uh, but we find out he's freaking out because he's getting an IRS audit. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yep. Which is pretty funny, actually. The, yeah, the yeah, way yeah, they yeah. played the, with the whole like IRS being the scariest thing that could possibly happen in this town where there are werewolves and yeah, aliens. Yeah, yeah. Where there are where, flat out werewolves and aliens. <laughs> yes. Uh, Bigfoot. A lot of things are happening. Oh, yeah. Um, so this guy shows up. <laughs> yes. Kind of out of the blue. And he's going to save them. And he's... Um, can't think of his name, but he's the alien. He's Rene Abergenois. There you go. He was from, on Deep Space he's Nine. He's from Odo. Odo, Odo on, D- on, on, on Deep Space Nine? Or, or on, uh, yeah, he's Odo on Deep Space Nine. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, he was on Benson. He's been around forever and ever. Right. Um, he's got like a suit and a shitty ponytail. And a he, really shitty ponytail. And like a, like a flip cell phone, but that was like fucking state of the art at the time. Seriously. And he's telling, he's going to, he can make all your problems go away. And I felt like, oh, this is going to be like the needful things episode and they do a great they do a great introduction where he walks in and he calls him i'm donald blah 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 yeah, but they but call, me, call me the donald, the donald. Yeah, and yeah. then um mars goes they call me the marshal just yeah, kind of confused yeah, and a little yeah, sarcastic yeah, yeah. and then simon chirps up they call me the simon yeah he just like is <laughs> he digging into it, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah he likes just the thing <laughs> yeah. uh some of you may not remember that at the time the don like donald trump was the, the donald. donald yeah but this is a un there is no layer here. There's no. nothing hidden about this being Donald Trump. He's the Donald. This was at the height of Spy Magazine's hated take, like you know, heated takedown of him. Like, yeah, he was sure. a he was a villain at that point in Absolutely. American history. Right. Yeah. Uh, so like, so this is it, when we're saying this, we're not reading into the episode. No. This is 100 percent what they meant. He's a evil capitalist scumbag. Uh, and his thing is, he's like, you get like, if I can't get every piece of uh, merchandise in this store sold uh, in the next twenty four hours or whatever, then you don't owe me a dime, right? And if so, and then and I'll like, get you'll make so much money, the IRS won't be a problem. The IRS won't be a problem. No, he's like, close your eyes. He's like, you're on a yacht. There's women. You got a gold watch so heavy that all the scantily clad women can't keep their hands off you. Yeah, blah blah blah. And like they're going on, and but it's like a, it's what you so would imagine Trump. Donald Trump pitching to you as the height of success yeah if it were done today it would totally have all the beats that like parody people would do today right. like, oh gorgeous magnificent gorgeous gorgeous yeah yeah yeah, yeah. exactly he would, he would but, do all that yeah uh, um 
he makes uh, his Radford sign this giant, comically long contract yeah. that he obviously doesn't read. The whole time, uh, Marshall's like, "Well, hey, maybe don't, maybe don't want to sign that, or whatever." Right. He's like, "Oh, it's fine. Don't even worry about it." Um, uh, Poochie's back, having completely given up on his search for meaning or where he comes from or just what alien shit. Just back to being a shoplifting douchebag yep. at the world of stuff, which is what makes me think that it's this should have come previous in the Poochie verse mm-hmm. because <laughs> that he was doing that shit before. They also refer to the hole in the wall gang in this episode, don't they? I missed is that it this one. one or the next? Yeah, which is the name of the Poochie introduction episode. Right, so right, I think right. it was slated to come right after that. So that they, would make sense, it. right? Yeah. Uh, they don't. Um, Marshall, so anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, he he catches him shoplifting every novelty wind-up toy. He's just so so fucking stupid. Yeah, and yeah. immediately the Donald spots a kindred spirit and right. hires him. Yes, hires him on the spot because he needs like a an extra hand. It, it, he doesn't really explain what's so good about because it because they have to do something with Poochie because they forgot to write him out of the last episode uh, when they had a chance. Hundred yeah. percent. Uh, also, Marshall is like. Marshall has this thing where he thinks he's like, well, these two guys are perfect for each other because they're right. both trying to scam the other one. Right. Um, I don't necessarily think Poochie was trying to scam him. I think he's yeah. like, oh, this guy's going to pay me. I'll do whatever he wants. That's exactly. been his entire, his entire character's motivation for the run that he's been on this show. Such as it do is. Any, yeah. Such as it is, which is very lacking. Um, there's a... Uh, Crazy Eddie style. So basically, the promotion that this guy, uh, the Donald's like, we're going to put out TV ads. We're going to put out billboards and radio ads. It's going to be huge, huge sale. Um, <laughs> there's one commercial that runs once on the television. With one shitty jingle. It's very Halloween. It reminds me, I wrote down Season of the Witch. Of the Witch. It's yep. 100% mm-hmm. uh, five more days to Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, Silver Shamrock. But it's this commercial, and he's like, no, money down. Easy credit. What do you yeah. want? And it's him, and then Poochie's dressed like him. And they're going like, you need stuff from the world of stuff or whatever. Right. Um, there's a jingle that's unimportant. Okay. It, it repeats a lot, but I honestly couldn't it's tell you. already gone. Yeah, yeah. It, mm-hmm. went, it went out of my head immediately. Um Marshall has a dream, which I enjoyed. I, this is a good second Marshall sequence. dream. Mm-hmm. They're both good. Marshall's mm-hmm. dream sequence seems to be pretty good. He mm-hmm. is singing, essentially, the world of stuff, easy credit jingle. But with... The, with three with fucking Diana black 50s. Yeah, yeah, with the Supremes. <laughs> the Supremes. With the Supremes, uh, yeah. which is pretty fun. Yes, it's super fun. They, they are really into it. It's well produced at yeah, that point. It felt sure. like that old Ray Charles Diet Pepsi commercial. <laughs> yeah, it just did. got shipped into this movie or show. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Uh, he wakes up to find his dad is coming back from the world of stuff with a kayak, and he's clearly sleepwalking. Right. Um, he puts the kayak down, and he, his arms go up, classic zombie style. They name this episode of Zombies and PJs. Uh, right. He walks outside. The entire town is in the street, sleepwalking, uh, I need stuff, whatever the fuck jingle they're singing, mm-hmm. uh, walking back to the world of stuff. And, and when I say before that there's like a frenzied energy – they're sleepwalking, but right. it's literally the whole town. There's a hundred extras. It feels like a very big scene for this show. It is, and they are all, once you get into the store, frenziedly buying... You know what this is? If this one wasn't directed by Joe Dante, but they clearly are trying to capture the energy of the bar scene from Gremlins. Yeah, where it's yeah, It's just yeah, yeah, chaos yeah. everywhere. People have lost their minds. At one point, the mom hops on a counter with a... With a toy gun, gun and she and shoots it around, and she's things. like, I'll take ten of them. Yeah, it's so funny. Uh, it's really good. And then, but there's also good from this, I would say from this episode through, there's a lot of it, working... Uh, but ancillary characters in previous episodes into the background of shots. Right, the twins. So come the back. twins are in this episode. Mm-hmm. The basketball players are there. Yep. Um, I don't think Elvis is there, but there's a great reference to Elvis. Mm-hmm. Where later in the episode, Simon sleepwalkingly buys an Elvis lamp, and he's like, "Oh, this is pretty cool." But why would they make a lamp for some guy from your paper route? Like, there's like <laughs> shit like that. They're really like trying to tie in a lot of that mm-hmm. stuff, which I think which. Again, contrasted with the laziness of the previous episodes, right. feels like that original writing staff is back and they're that trying again. That original sort of proto Simpsons universe building. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, um, they are hitting the like anti-consumerism, anti-capitalism thing on the head Hard. a little heavy. Yeah. At one point, uh, he says something about they're all zombies, and and the Donald's like, they're not zombies, they're consumers. They're Americans. And yeah, yeah, they're consumers. And then fucking uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Poochie goes. 
goes, how can you tell the difference? Like, yeah, it's, it's like, ha-cha-cha-cha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really <laughs> right in your fucking face, which is fine, because we do have to remember, this is a show for kids. Yeah. Kids sometimes need some shit hit over the head for them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we are at the same time, like, we are taking this in as adults, and I know we've said this a couple times, but, like, that writing is fine to me. They yeah. are writing for kids, so to have to be a little obvious with some of this stuff, at least they're giving them an interesting message. Yes, it's um, it's in the tone of the episode too. It's it, it's still like the whole episode. It over has the like top. a Marx Brothery yes. feel to it. There's a moment uh, where so si- in a very Nightmare on Elm Street thing, Simon and Marshall can't fall asleep. Right, so they fall asleep. They become zombies. And they go back to the world of stuff to buy shit. So they're sitting in chairs of opposite of you mentioned, which feels like the Marx yes. Brothers taking turns slapping, like very sleepily slapping each other in the face to keep themselves awake, and it's. The beats are perfect, like the the, oh. the the timing in between the slaps, the tone of that shot. I, I laughed out loud. It was so good. And they brought it back. Well, something we haven't mentioned is that over the end credits of every episode, they replay a, a, like a take or a, yeah, a long some, cut from a scene. Right. And the end credits of this episode is just Marshall and Simon, probably the full unedited take yeah, of yeah. them slapping each other for a good five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the very <laughs> last one, you see Simon start to crack up as he takes another. But it is like the timing of it's it is so really good. Oh. Really, really good good yeah um they unfortunately do fall asleep yeah uh, if they fall asleep, after they come back they come down their parents their parents are down there covered in stuff they've bought and the way the everybody's buying things is by signing the same long ass they all sign a cre- yeah, we credit we should point that out they're yes. all buying everything on credit and they're all signing these, away their souls these credits which we come to find out of course uh in a <laughs> i i enjoyed the bit where so he pulls out a magnifying glass and there's a little dot and he's like yeah. oh it's a good no he's like i think it's a piece of dirt. It's like, no, I think it's something else. We need more magnification. So they put it on top of the telescope. Right. And if you can zoom in that much, it's a paragraph of like, uh, you will give over your soul in this life, all 10,000, next 10,000 reincarnations, yeah. any planets we visit, know about, may know about in the future. Like, it's this long thing. It's a pretty it, funny one. It's yeah. a good, yeah, it's yeah. well worded. It's a good bit for sure. Um, we find that out because they get, they sleep, walk back to the world of stuff. They buy a fucking, he buys the disguise the kit back. And oh, Simon, he buys the disguise kit back, which is important. And Simon buys the, the Elvis land. The Elvis land. Yeah. At which point, that's the last two items in the store. Everything in the world of stuff is gone. Well, except for the balloons and confetti that fall from the sky because everything got sold. <laughs> uh, which I love they, that the devil took the time to rig that. <laughs> But I don't think they're actually available you know what? for purchase. The Donald wanted it to be a marvelous experience. Yeah. <laughs> Just huge. Yeah. Huge. Um, yeah. At which, so at which point Poochie's like, all right, time for my cut. Because he's, his, he's getting paid in a, like, he's like, once the money starts rolling in, you're get, yeah, he's, it's a vague percentage thing. He tells him, like, once mm-hmm. everything's sold, you'll start to get a, your piece of the pie or whatever. Yeah. He's like, all right, time for my cut. And he's like, well, it's not that simple. And Poochie starts to realize he's getting screwed. Mm-hmm. At which point... The the Donald gets a phone call. He goes off to take the phone call to talk to what's implied to be his, his superior, boss, which, which is like be Satan. The, the, it's got to be the devil, or maybe the guy who lives underground and collects lost stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Could be, but then that guy has a boss, a very angry boss. Uh-huh. So there is a boss of this universe that Clearly. future episodes may have pitted our heroes against. <laughs> um, Pucci picks up a phone. Mm-hmm. Somehow the, there's two cell phones that he can overhear the other cell phone conversation. He on. got a matching cell phone with his matching outfit. Sure, was the implication? I yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, fine, <laughs> whatever. It's a it's a bit of a fucking it's a bit Cheap. of a device, but fine. We'll yeah. let it happen. Uh, and he hears the, him say something about taking everybody to the as the, if it's a party uh, line the, cell phone. Right. It's, yeah, exactly. He picks up a phone like they're like on a, on the connection. He's like on yeah. the, whatever on the, like the phone in the other room. Uh, so he, uh, he hears him say something about taking him to the bus. Which when he realizes he's getting screwed over, he steals the contracts, goes to Marshall and Simon, which is when they see the small right. thing about the soul. Uh, they go to, f- hey, you got to stop this. You can't have everybody's souls. Yep. The fight ensues. Simon, uh, Marshall runs away. Simon's like, keep running. Get out of here. Blah, blah, blah. Yep. They're about to, he's about to start collecting everybody's souls. What I really enjoyed is uh, Mr. Radford Gomez Adams is like, eh, what are you going to do? Like, yep. he literally couldn't like Simon's like we gotta do something we gotta stop him and he's like well you know we signed the contracts man like he is just, just capitalism chill. yeah you know it's a contract's a contract and he has just pleaded his punch that he is out of things uh, to sell <laughs> right which is weird. That's not a good thing for a business. No! You, yeah. In his head, he thought he was going to be able to retire to a yacht, I guess. Oh, yeah, this. yeah. This is but, less big score or something. Yeah, some shit. Yeah. But uh, whatever. Hmm. Now, but here's the thing. At this point, he knows 
that it's all gone. It's all horseshit. Right. He's like, it is what it is, and he's still fine with it mm-hmm. until an IRS agent shows up. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. The guy walks in the door, and it's done great because it's done as a POV shot from the person who enters the thing. Yes. And it's just terrified reactions from yes. the Donald and Mr. Radford and Simon. As and if Cthulhu Pucci. walked in yeah, the door. Like they really, yeah. they fucking play it big. Yeah. And uh, it turns out to be this IRS agent, which is a great gag. Yes. And fucking, there's a line literally where Mr. Rad- he's like, all right, we have to do this audit. And Radford's like, can I just go to hell instead, please? <laughs> like, it's so perfect. Um, we find, it's like, yeah, uh, we, uh, it's like I need all the receipts for everything that was sold. Yeah, the Donald grabs the, the receipts and tries to say, see ya. Yeah, and but Poochie's like, oh, no, he's got the receipts. Yep. They take them from him. They give him the IRS agent. And it's implied that the IRS is so inevitable. Like, they, they do the whole death, death and taxes, taxes thing. That he's more powerful than the devil. Like, the devil, the Donald, can't run away because he is now audited. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's more impo- yeah, he's definitely more powerful than the devil. At, yeah. point, at, at which point, like, and it was a very creepy visual to me. It, it was actually a really good special effect. Yeah, yeah even even... Right before the actual effect, yeah, he starts like going like no no no, bah, bah, and yeah. like throwing like a almost like a tantrum, mm-hmm. but in like a really creepy man baby way. It's oh, like God. clearly done intentionally, but it is uncomfortable. And he like lays down on the ground, starts like stomping his hands and pounding his feet. At which point he is sucked back down to hell. Right. Um. Uh. At which point we reveal through. Uh, a classic Mission Impossible mm-hmm. style mask pull off that the IRS agent has been Marshall, who used the disguise kit that he bought while he was asleep to right. dress himself up as an IRS agent. I love the fact that in that IRS in that disguise kit for children, there is IRS agent. Yes. He literally has like a fucking badge that says IRS agent. Like I also love that dressing as an IRS agent imbues one with powers more. Greater than the devil. For certain. Not actually being an IRS agent. No, just, just, just being just dressed as, as one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which gives Marshall yet another avenue from which to wreak havoc on the world if we go back to Yeah, that if we theory. go, yeah. He, pro- he could then, like, just unleash a world of terror yes. on Eerie. Uh, but he does reveal himself to be Marshall again. He has saved yep. the day. Um, I, there's a... Isn't the world of stuff just out of business now? Yes. He's sold literally everything in a the store. There's nothing on the shelves. It's all gone. And he didn't get any money for any of it. No. You are now a store's worth in debt, whatever that would be. Well, yeah, I, I suppose. Does everybody have to return their things or do they get to keep? I don't Good know. Good luck law. trying to do that. Apparently, like, I don't think the bank ever got their money back when everybody just took it. So that's I, true. I think it's finders keepers in this town. It's a, yeah, I do feel like the laws of economics don't really apply so much to Erie. So the soul of Erie, which is the world of stuff, definitely right. got sold. Yeah. So there you go. And that, that, see, this is what we're talking about. It builds to a climax where, okay, the heart and soul of Erie was just sold out from under it and is now a, essentially defunct. Right. That should be should the be. next to last episode. Because right. The last you think, episode now the town's falling apart at this pulls point, Pulls the right? last thread up. Yes. Uh, it pulls, pulls the thread of reality out of Which from underneath so yourself. Which is so good. I love this next episode I, I, so I, hard. I love it very much. Mm. I want to real fast oh, okay. stick Sorry. with this episode and just say... I, even though it is a post-Poochie world, <laughs> yes. as is the next one, uh, PP post-Poochie, I, <laughs> I liked it a lot. I it, did too. I, I, it, it, it harkened back to those previous four mm-hmm. where there was like, they have something to say. There's clearly a point here, mm-hmm. but they're doing it in a fun way. It's tried. It's a tried thing. The guy comes to town, the fucking curio shop. It's needful things. It's any number yeah. of things. Yeah. But it's done well. Every, like... All like the the uh, Rene Abush Abush Baba, uh, he's great. Uh, I can't. I don't know his name. <laughs> um, he's fantastic. Like he's very good. He's really really good. Yeah. Even Poochie doing him is pretty good. It's the most logical setup they've given to Poochie. The most re- most logical reason to give him to join forces right. and to back out and kind of help the other side. Exactly. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoy. I I I genuinely enjoyed this episode, and I was nervous. Coming out of the previous four and then going into lo- uh, fucking Order of the Corn. Right. I was like, this is going to be drag. three fucking terrible episodes. Yep. But honestly, no. This episode was I enjoyed. The next episode is fucking great. Yep. And the third, the last episode, while, yes. not, while it shouldn't be the finale, and we'll get to that in a minute, yeah. 
It's Would all right. it fit in the middle yeah. arc? Fine. It's a perfectly good one-off. Yeah. Um, we'll get to it. The next episode. What is clearly supposed to be the finale yes. of Eerie Indiana. Oh, my God, yes. There's no question. And it is a coup de grace. It sort of takes all of the energy that's a little bit off, a little bit kid show, a little bit broad, and just says, no, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it puts every... Because they, they stay... There's a couple moments of sort of broadness in this episode. And I'm, I'm going to let us walk through it. But like, sure. I just want to like set... The tone of this episode is actually honestly true to life funny in a way that the broadness of the world within Erie, you know, has been a little cartoony. A hundred percent. This but is I, much less cartoony. Yes, even though it is more, like, while being sense, while being rooted in reality, yes, is almost more fantastical because we're supposed to, while we're we're still in Marshall's world. Oh my god, Marshall's so still good. the mo- point, the main point of this, the main focus of this episode. So while everything mm-hmm. feels like it's real, like this is now the curtain's been pulled back and it's real. Yeah, we're still coming from a point of view of oh, what is this craziness that's happening around I me? Actually, checked because he started. He was writing in TV at the time uh, for the Ben Stiller show. I actually checked to see if uh, this was written by Charlie Kaufman because <laughs> it should have been. It, yeah, it yeah, was, yeah, Actually, it was Vance DeGeneres. Yeah. Oh wow, which makes sense. Yeah, which makes sense. Um, yeah. The name of this episode is Reality Takes a Holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I will say this also, and I want to get this out just in a tone sense uh, while we're talking about the sort of greater tone of the episode. Very funny, as you say, works Super hugely. Funny. Also, real stakes. Yes. For fucking once. Yes. Like, real, genuine stakes that have like a, oh, he better get this worked out feel to them. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, or the show will end, which it did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which it should have. Yes. Unfortunately, there's another episode. Yeah. Um, Reality takes a holiday. Uh, Marshall and his family are having breakfast. And having uh, the best conversation. Having a great conversation. I love the conversation because like, they, they, they establish there's some film reviewer who gives things two fingers two up. Two fingers up, which, which is great. It's so funny. It's perfect. Uh, and, and it's like, how which has fingers? no one made that gag on the two thumbs up thing yet? It probably has. I um, know, but like, it, it was fresh. They're, reve- they're uh, reviewing a movie called Revenge of the Corn Critters <laughs> that keeps all of the gore, but adds a romance level, but never gets too mushy. Oh. It's perfect. Yes, yeah, beautiful. Um, the parents, the whole family wants to go. Normally, in a movie like a show like this, Revenge of the Corn Critters would be something like Simon's begging to go mm-hmm. see. He's not allowed to see it. Whatever. Or Marshall, yeah. Mar- uh, Marshall's oh, begging to go Simon's see. there having breakfast with them because clearly because they just fucking adopted Simon yeah, at this point. Yeah, yeah. There's we get in a, a reference to a shitty family in the next episode, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, that episode should have already happened. Anyway, yeah. Anyway. Uh, um, <laughs> The whole family wants to go see Revenge of the Corn Critters. The, the sister wants to go see fucking yes. Revenge of the Corn Critters. Uh, the parents want to spend time with Marshall. Here's my one problem with this moment. Mm-hmm. And I get that they kind of have to do it for whatever, for reasons that will come obvious in the show. But at one point, like, so Marshall, like, why don't you come to movies with us? And Marshall's like, I don't really want to. Me and Simon have, like, investigating we have to do. Once again, Marshall doesn't want to be with his family. Yeah. They're I, setting that again. Again. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Marshall's mom says, uh, we're starting to think that all this paranormal investigating, is, you're starting to not be able to tell reality from fiction, essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. Since when do the parents know about the paranormal investigating? They've always well, just been sort of blind to it. No, I think since the science man charlatan guy. Yeah, but the even parano- him the, showing I up, that, I guess they, the, the, all they, they knew him was they want aliens. to look at Yeah, but that's it. There's only that episode. And... I felt like it was tied into this guy being in town. I felt like since that episode, there was that conversation with the dad that that implied that they'd known. Like this was a conversation he'd been waiting to have with his son. Okay, I, I kind of give it as as a something that I'll they like tolerate that. in their child, and also explains why he's hanging out with Simon all the time. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I think the parents know why he's hanging out with Simon all the time because Simon doesn't want to go back to the hellscape he lives in. Um, <laughs> poor little Simon. Oh my God! The line. Oh, anyway, yeah. I keep. There's a line in the next episode that fucking you guys, broke you, my heart. If you haven't been watching the show, you have to just tune in just for his just, innocent little face. Yeah, his yeah. puppy dog face is so <laughs> lovable and so sweet. Uh, he's like, I don't want to go. The parents, like, okay, the rest of us are going. You're, yeah. you're lost. Yeah. They drive away. He checks the mail. In the mail is a script for an episode of a show <laughs> called Erie, Indiana, called Reality Takes a Vacation. <laughs> He walks back into his house and he is on a TV set. Yes, his family, his family's there, but Again. he is on the TV show that we are currently watching that they are taping. And the page of the script is the conversation they that just he had. just had. So the dad says something. He looks down and reads that out loud. That what the dad just said. Going, right. like, what? This is in the script. And the dad's like, I just said that. 
cut, and everybody, you get the big reveal of the cameras and yes. the director and everybody. Everybody starts calling him Omri, which is his actual, actual name. name. They really hit, this is like, obviously meta, mm-hmm. but like, that wasn't really a thing in 91 to no. this level. Even doing it at this level this day would still be somewhat fresh, even though yeah. we've seen a million other things. I will things. say this, there's one other show that we have, listeners of the podcast may remember, mm-hmm. uh, the last episode of Cop Rock, oh. they break the fourth wall to reveal they're on a set of a show and okay. they start talking about how and it's even more fucking ridiculous they're like well we got cancelled I thought we were pretty good and then they like sing a song it's fucking terrible oh that's just bitter this, they did that's not, bitter this you is can not tell that. they did not know they were cancelled yet okay I, I wasn't sure it. about that but even if they did this is not bitter it actually this works is, within the universe it works with way well within the mm-hmm. universe particularly when you add into the last episode, as you say, mm-hmm. the world of stuff is fucking defunct. Yep. The like the whole town almost got their salt so the devil shit is getting serious and eerie and now, like you said, the last thread is getting pulled out from underneath. So now they're all just themselves. Supposed. They're just, I mean, they're, they're playing, just that playing obviously whatever uh, version of versions of their acting selves. The mom is like sexy leather halter top mom with a tattoo of like a scorpion on her tits. I did my I, I stood up and applauded that. She was quite hot. I um, was happy with that. I was very happy with that choice. Uh, dad is a British like he it was kind of the Brady bunch yeah, 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 thing. Yeah. He's like a British Shakespearean actor. Uh, <laughs> Simon the reveal that Simon is a nine year old monster. Uh, you hear this noise like, "Hey, keep your hands off of me!" And the the sister, he's clearly just groped the sister. Yes, and he's like, "What? Just because I'm short?" And she's <laughs> like, "She's like, I'm not going to take this from some nine year old sexist." Uh, and he's laughing, and he's like on the phone yelling at his agent. Yeah. At one point, he's like, "That teacher gave me a D in history class. I'm gonna wait till she hears from my agent. She's gonna be history." Like she, and he's like in this shitty multicolored like windbreaker. Yeah, like a North Face windbreaker. And then uh, <sighs> the sister is like this marvelous feminist who's complaining about not getting enough to do on the show, which it's was so, so good. fucking great it was and so true. Literally, like she's like, we have to, like the mom is talking about how yeah. like she's going to get sexy to go like have her like sexy roles or whatever and she's like and they're like this is your you know it's my midlife crisis you'll get it in 10 years or yeah. 15 years you'll get it in 10 years and she's like 15 years uh oh but which is a shitty dig but then the the daughter the sister like starts going on about no we as actresses need to fight for women to have better roles but more uh, more to say and things to do other than just being like sex objects blah 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 and it's like that is a conversation that is still happening yes like every day on the internet well, 25 that, years later but how how self-aware and applaudable is the fact that they put into the least used character's mouth. She says, I think, I I don't remember the exact phrase, but something like, and not have to play roles where you just have to say one more dumb blonde thing. thing, Which is all she's been given to do this entire entire run of this show. Oh my God. I I hope that actress just chewed on that line and swallowed it and (laughs) savored it. She has a great line later Mm Where uh, there's a moment at the end where they're waiting for pages, like changes right. to the script. And they're like, oh, I hope there aren't changes to the script. Or, she, or like, are there changes to the script? She's like, I hope not. I stayed up all night studying that line I have. Like, she's <laughs> real mad about it. It's great. All I kept thinking during that whole thing is that this actors in the real world left the Wonder Years to do this show. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if the bitterness oh, was so real. Just really, just under really, the surface. Mm-hmm. She was just chain-smoking cigarettes outside between every take. Yeah. Uh, um so, oh, oh, and also, I, I want to point so out good. two things. Uh, somebody, they have Bigfoot just sitting in a director's chair. <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah. And second, we meet our first, and because the show doesn't last beyond the season only, black character. Yeah. We uh, yeah. A, now that we've stepped out of the town of Erie, the prop guy shows up. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Have our first I will say this. We had to color. actually step out of Erie yeah. for there to be a black guy. Yes. And he's like like a Scatman Crothers old black guy who is the prop man on yes. the set. Simon's like, where are you going with my jacket? And he's like, No, All no, right. Mar- Marshall's like, Marshall well, says, my... right, right, wait, it's my jacket. Because he still hasn't figured out what's going on. He doesn't know what's on. going on. He still's like, yeah. what, why is my family acting like this? Some yeah. weird shit says, eerie craziness is going on. Yeah. And the guy's like, oh, you can have the jacket, but if you lose it at lunch, it's on it's your ass. Nobody respects the it's prop, prop guy. It was, it was a great little bit. It's a great bit, little bit. But it, was, it really made it jarring to me. Like, you know, oh my God, this, ugh. We took <laughs> anyway. I had to clap for that. Yeah, no, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, Simon kind of wanders around a little bit in days. He's getting yelled at by the director to be more professional. Marshall, uh, Marshall. I keep yeah. saying Simon because who, he's who, my, who they're calling he's Aubrey. My, who they're calling Aubrey, and he's also my favorite thing in the show. Uh, si- Marshall. I almost said it again. Marshall's wandering around. He walks off the set, and who's there? Well, he walks outside, and there's Poochie. 
Poochie's there. Signing fucking autographs. <laughs> I forgot about the Poochie signing autographs part. Um, <laughs> there's also making all these small allusions to what's going to happen in the next scene. Yes. Uh, and it's vague, but if you're paying attention, it's Marshall's probably get like we, we, it is revealed later, but it's yeah. kind of intimated through these moments. Marshall's getting written out of the show. In favor of Poochie. In favor of Poochie. Which, talk about stakes. I know there's the actual stakes, stakes of the yeah, plot yeah, yeah, within yeah, the universe, but for, for me, that was like, <laughs> oh shit, are they going there? Yeah, yeah. If they go through with that, I'll cancel the show again myself. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, Marshall goes outside of the actual set to mm-hmm. the outside where he's now just on a, on a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's people, props going around. Props going around. Classic lot. I get there. very Tim Burton again. Uh, yeah. he, he's like, oh, I hear a familiar voice and he hears Radford. He hears mm-hmm. the, and he goes into the world of stuff set. And Radford's like, oh, Marshall, how you doing? Uh, <gasps> he's, he's, in, he's in character. Yeah, yeah. He read, yeah. He's in character. And at first I thought they were going to be like, Oh, this is like he's going to be a method actor. He never breaks character. That would have been kind of awesome. Uh, which would have been kind of awesome. Yeah. Not the case. Radford is just still Radford. Yeah, the o- world almost of implied stuff. that he doesn't get what's happening. Like he understand. Like he is on a set. He reveals to Marshall. He's like, "Oh, something's going on with you. Yeah. I know how we saw how to find out what we should do. We should check. Look those, at the script. We should look. The, well, we should check those pages because he doesn't even know that it's a script <laughs> somehow. And he takes out this what is a script for the episode. Right. And he's like, "I always look at these, and then if I need." to think about like well oh, how do i fix this problem the pages always tell me what to do yeah um still not saying that he knows that he's on a tv show he is still kind of within the eerie universe right he's kind of he's actually doing a good job of playing a fine line between being mr wilson behind the fence here yeah and kind of like imparting kind wisdom kind of being and also gomez being, adams with dementia like being like the being actor totally demented just being yeah lost in this role or whatever yeah um he reads, he's like, oh, wait a minute. And Marshall figures out if there's a script, yes. then there's got to be a writer somewhere. Mm-hmm. And if I find the writer, maybe we can figure all this out. And the writer's name was not Vance DeGeneres, which would have yeah. been too fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was Jose, Jose Schaefer, which is who's written a bunch of, one of the creators, right? It's the first name of one creator and the last name, name of the, of the other, other creator. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, they, he eventually finds the writer's office because there is a giant. Uh, like <laughs> pencil sticking yes. out of the wall in front of his door, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Which was cool. And also it started to crack the episode a bit because at the very beginning they have, don't they have some sort of weird nonsensical conversation about a pencil in, in the middle of that movie review? I don't I'm, know. It may be. I might've missed it. I was very sleepy. Um, okay. <laughs> I was kind of getting delirious at this point from watching these shows, but um, so he goes into the writer's office. Yep. He, bu- he, he pass- bullies past the secretary and in there, there's a very the writer, weird shot that's like over the wall that again makes it all feel like a fake set, more, like a set the, within a set. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and Poochie's in there with the writer, and this is where Poochie's character takes a fucking dark turn for me. Yes, he is pitching ideas on how to kill Marshall. Marshall. Yes. Um, there's a couple things of note in this scene. The writer is only referring to him as Dash X. Right. Everybody else in the show is being referred to as their actor names. Mm-hmm. Aubrey, Omri, whoever the fuck the parents are. Mm-hmm. Everybody is being referred to as their names, except him. He is still Dash X. Mm-hmm. He is still clearly in this world. This alien invader who came in and ruined our show. Right. And is legitimately trying to murder Marshall. And yes. not get him killed on the show to where he's written off the show. He knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. He gets that Marshall is, if real. He die, is real, and if he dies in this universe, he's going to die in real life. Yeah. And he is actively pushing for that. So what I loved about this is we're back to smart meta Erie, Indiana. Yes. Where, and again, this weird self-awareness they have, what, what they're implying is that Dash X has this whole time been manipulating the, the show, show for his own purposes. 100%. To be getting himself sort of written into more scenes or whatever oh. for him to eventually become the, the head of this show. Almost redeems the existence of, of Pucci in some way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not enough nope, for those previous three episodes, but yes, very mm-hmm. interesting. And he pitches this idea that he finds out, that, that Pucci finds out that uh, there's a bounty on Bigfoot $5,000, and he, <laughs> while trying to hunt Bigfoot, accidentally shoots Marshall instead. Yep. And at one point, he literally goes like, you get, you take, the, the, the writer's pitching this to, a, to Marshall, and he's like, you take the bullet, you fall, and you die. And Dash is like, Bucci goes, 
And then maybe I should shoot him a few more times just to be safe. <laughs> the That's not like, why you, well, you. It's not an accident anymore. You're a mur. <laughs> you are a murderer, Poochie. And the writer's totally on board with it. The writer's 100 percent on board. With yeah. Um, Marshall's kind of there's a bit of like running around. He's trying to figure out what he needs to do to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, we he eventually figures out. Well, he can change the script. Yeah. If he can get the writer to change the script, then he won't <laughs> die. The writer he fakes a call to the writer. That tells him that his DeLorean has been in an accident. Oh, that's right. The writer has a DeLorean. I forgot about that. Yeah. Time travel is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the writer has a DeLorean. He tells him, oh, your DeLorean's been in an accident. Uh, there's a moment where he like he runs out of the office and secretary's like, you can't go anywhere. You got to finish the script or whatever. He's like, don't you understand? This is bigger than any of us. And he like kisses her on the face. <laughs> I just love that moment. It's so silly. Uh, yeah. It really made Yeah. This me show laugh. goes balls out this episode. For it is super sure. funny the whole way. Um, yeah. Yeah, even like Poochie is like <laughs> redeemably funny and it's like yes. menacing and funny. One, well, he's not overplaying, which is interesting. Right. I thought they're implying that that maybe he was an actor, but you're right; they never do refer to him by no, his actorly he, name. They or whatever. only refer to him as Dash X. Mm-hmm. He is always dressed as Dash X. He is signing autographs air. as Dash. X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, everyone, the girls, oh, hi, Dash, as they run yeah. away or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, and this is nothing. This is just a thing I forgot, but I love the uh, Simon as the sort of over, like too old for his age child actor. Uh, is like you should go to my meditation guy, Guru Yogi Shwarma. He really <laughs> helped set me straight when I got canceled off of whatever the fuck. There's a great line where the mom was like, uh, where they're like, oh, he's having a real hard. They're talking about having a real yeah. hard time dealing with being killed off on a show. Right. And mom's like, oh, I went to a real funk when I got killed on uh, China Beach. Or, oh, no, that Jake and the Fat Jake Man. Jake and the Fat Man. Oh, it's so perfect. Yeah. It's like such a good time. And like, I promise you she was on Jake and the Fat oh, Man. Oh, I bet. I didn't look it up, but I promise Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> he figures out that... Uh, he can use the typewriter or whatever. That, yeah, well, yeah, he, he's, write... he gets her to run... He gets the writer to run away mm-hmm. and leave his office by saying there's an accident with DeLorean, sneaks into the office, and he's like, I got to fix this myself. So he writes the new pages. Mm-hmm. He gives the pages to the secretary. I suppose it's just delivering himself, which is kind of annoying, but fine. He gives them to the secretary. He goes back to set. Uh, t- fucking Poochie's there, like, making gun fucking, like, <laughs> bang, bang at him and shit. Like, really? And, no, there's, this is even more proof that he's literally just trying to murder him. Yes. Uh, at one point, the prop guy starts taping a thing to Marshall, like, putting something under Marshall's shirt. And uh, Marshall's like, what's that? He's like, oh, it's squibs for when you get shot. Right. And fucking Poochie's like, we're not going to need those. We're shooting this scene au naturel. <laughs> so Poochie is a murderer yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, he is actively conspiring to have Marshall murdered. In every possible version of reality that this show yeah, contains in, at the moment. In the year universe, in the acting universe. <laughs> yeah. I just, like... Even if he had just been playing it to have him murdered on the show, right. the moment he changes squibs for we're going to use real bullets here, yeah. you're just trying to murder him there, too. Like, yeah, it's fucking kind of nuts in a very awesome way. Yes. Um, at the last minute, the new pages arrive in which he's like basically says, yeah, I want to go to the movies with you guys as right. opposed to whatever. And the universe snaps back. Snaps to back him. into place. And it's interesting that they do it, again, giving, going back to giving the show credit. It's interesting that they do it by healing that long-time repeated wound of Simon not joining his family for things. Yes, yeah, for as sure. As soon as he says he will, he is safe and he is less exposed Those to the dangers vulnerable. of Eerie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Simon's super excited to get, like, because, like, mm-hmm. it, he was good ditching his friend. Simon was real sad about that. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And it, in every way, this should have been the finale of... Even if they didn't know this was going to be the series finale, right. it screams season finale. The, the season is tied together in one neat bow, and it's, you can't top that for an out-there bizarre premise. No, it's perfect. Yeah. And maybe the smartest episode that they've done. Yes. Just, just Cast it works clicking. on all levels. Yeah. Everybody's hidden. Mm-hmm. It's great. And then we get our next episode, <laughs> which, is an un- which is unfortunate because the next episode is not bad. It's all right. It's a fine... Yeah. It, if we hadn't just watched Reality Takes a Vacation, yeah. we would... We'd still be happy it's a less poochie-ish it, there's no, Here's why 100% yeah. it's played out of order. Yeah. There's no poochie. There's no Radford. Right. Clearly, this is an episode that should have... They go to the world of stuff and there's no Radford. They Clearly, probably... this should have happened earlier in the season and they just... But for whatever reason, aired it out. I wonder actually if they aired this episode. 
Oh, it could be one of the, like unaired. I did not or look it up to see the air dates. I wonder if it just never aired and they made it and they yeah, threw and they it in the DVDs. It into the stuff. DVDs yeah, stuff, but it could be. Yeah, it's not a terrible episode. It's yeah. fine. It's another. It reminds me very much of the episode where the girl can draw reality. Mm-hmm. It's uh, one of these episodes where Marshall suddenly has a friend we've never met. Um, yeah, back and, when they were doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he mentioned it like, oh, my friend Dennis, like, we should all know who the fuck Dennis is. Yeah. Um, or whatever his stupid name is. It doesn't matter. He looks like a Dennis. Uh, <laughs> you, you're getting real bummed. I don't hate this episode. It just shouldn't have found the episode of five. So here's this episode. Okay. Um, there's a band called the Pitbull Surfers. Which is awesome. Which is a great name. Yes. And the album cover is awesome. Yes. It's a bunch of muscle-bound bodies with pitbull with pit heads and, like, leather daddy outfits surfing on fire. It's right. amazing. Uh, it's, like, would... it's like a dad heard the name Butthole Surfers yeah, yeah. and then decided that they were a metal band and tried to do a parody. <laughs> that is 100% what it is. Yeah. Um, they go to the record store because it, it literally there's a thing, there's the a 90s. banner. Well, it's not even record store. It's world of stuff. It's, it's world the only of place stuff. you can buy things with records. Uh, um, there's a banner that says "Rock and Roll is coming to Erie" at one point because the Pitbull Surfers are coming to Indiana. Yep, and they and not that they're coming to Erie. They're not playing there, but the like the concept of them as a band has just shown up. Exactly. Like the CD, like they're actually he, coming to Indianapolis, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, Marshall knew about them from in Jersey, mm-hmm. and he's like, I always thought they were fun, but kind of stupid. Yeah. Which is a weird take on a band that he later referred to as having a bunch of dumb Nazi stuff, which is not great. Mm. Um, but no. we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't catch that. It's fucking weird, man. That's weird. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so they find the butthole surfers or pitbull surfers, <laughs> and he shows them to his friend Dennis, and his friend Dennis is like. He mentions like his friend Dennis's dad has been out of work and Dennis's the farm and super Dennis nerdy, super nerdy, kind of super like yeah, but you'll get a kick out of it. It's funny. He like reads the lyrics and they're like, uh, nobody cares about your dreams, nobody cares about yeah. whatever. Typical rock just... and roll nihilism. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and not the best written, but they play it a little bit, and I was like, yeah, I'd listen to that. It's fine. Like I wouldn't buy it, but if it was on, whatever. Um, my okay. favorite, like the, the best part of this by far, is he reads those lyrics. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's great. And then Simon's like, you think that's good? Listen to this. And he starts reading the lyrics to We've, We've Only, only just, just Begun by the Carpenters. It's so good. I it's laughed so out loud. And he loves the Carpenters. He, he spends it. the rest of the episode just singing white laces and promises. <laughs> It's the it's my it's 100 my favorite part it's of this the episode. Best layer they've ever given to Simon. It's so great. Yeah, yeah. It's, and I I like that he <laughs> just wants some calm and some peace in his chaotic hectic life. <laughs> and maybe the Carpenters is a good soundtrack. Well, they to that. set up basically that this new kid has trouble. His dad's kind of his abusive. Dad's like verbally like abusive. Verbally shittily abusive. And <laughs> so Simon's ba- what they're saying is that you know music is a good salve yeah. for bad family life. For it's sure. just. You know, this kid latches on to super aggro, right? Rebellious he, yes, stuff. And, and Simon, Simon just, has the carpenters, and he's the, doing okay. He's doing fine. He just yeah. wants the carpenters. The dad, like, he brings home the record, and the dad's mm. like, and they listen to it in the home, and it's called like ear something lobotomy, but it's like a play on teenage lobotomy, but it's like yeah. e- it's like eardrum lobotomy. Eardrum lobotomy. Like that. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and the dad comes in, and he's like, "Why are you listening to this crap? Aren't you stupid enough? Will you want to ruin your only last brain cells? You loser! You're just a loser!" Like screaming and screaming. And this and part, I swear it's to God. Okay, look. The the thing about this episode. <laughs> Marina just said, okay, look at me. She means <laughs> no, shit. What's no, up? No, no, no. I'm 100% sure. Mm. I am going to bet all of my nothing to bet yeah. on the fact that the writer of this episode is writing their childhood. Oh, yeah. Because this the words shit. that come out of that dad's mouth now, are fucking real. They're specific. They're specific. And then the, the relationship with the mom coming in, they're like, why do you always have to do this in front of his friends? What is wrong? And like that, all, not, that, those interactions are way too real for a kid show. It is not amusing. No. It is not whimsical. No, there's nothing it's, funny. There's nothing like the eerie ep- about it. The episode where the girl can paint. Those bad characters, the yes. family is played to extreme caricature ends. Yes. The dad's like shirtless with a can of beer that literally just says beer on it. Right. Like, they're just like a cartoon villain of a family. No, this, this one, shit is fucking drama. Like, it, it feels soap opera yeah. because they're having real arguments and there's nothing metaphysical about it at no, all. There's nothing about it. The da- At one point, so the, they're fighting to the point where they don't even notice Marshall and Simon are standing there. Yeah. And then Marshall's like, hi, I'm <laughs> Marshall, this is Simon, we're going to go now. And they mm-hmm. like, leave the room at which point simon says if my dad met your dad they'd form a club <laughs> Ooh, 
Simon. Oh, Simon. God damn it. They hadn't really full on Went referenced right that on. shitty family mm-hmm. in a while. Uh, fucking goddamn, right? Yeah, yep. That one hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, we see at one point the record player start to like smoke. But it didn't add up to anything. There, it, it's an evil record player. It, but it's not even but evil. It's not evil. We'll be done in five minutes. Yeah, we'll be out of here in two seconds. Sorry, guys. We are recording at the Cat City Comedy Club, and we got to wrap this episode up. But we can get through this. Okay, well, like, I'll, I'll go right to the heart of it. Okay, what happens is it's the evil. There's nothing with the record player, and there's nothing with the record except for when you play it backwards, it's the dad yelling. Right. And <laughs> what, what happens is the uh, Dennis turns himself into a punk rocker he's right. gonna run away to indiana to join the pitbull surfers he steals a milk truck cra- uh, si- <laughs> mark this is my favorite part this yeah. is the only important part of this episode yeah he steals a milk truck he jumps into the back uh marshall jumps in it with him to try to get him to stop they have a crash it is referred to as the worst milk truck crash in eerie history and i have to disagree because at least two other milk truck crashes have killed children i know i didn't stare at the scene long enough to see how many kids died in that crash <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah 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 um they go back to the house. Uh, yep. They bring a cop back to the house. There's this whole subplot with the daughter has been doing ride-alongs with the cop for some journalism oh, it's shit. A dumb, that's it's a dumb it. thing. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, they go back to the house. The dad's like, here, I'll show you. The music's driving my kid crazy. And he's like frantically messing up the house. He plays the record back, and the record is him yelling at his son, at yes. which point they bond some way or another. The implication being that the angry, rebellious music is just the kid's way of absorbing the parent's anger into some sort of a positive channel. It's very after-school special. Very basically. much so. They yeah. actually, like, hug full-on, yes. like, oh, we're gonna get over this or whatever. Yeah. Um, there, It's not much this episode, but it's fine. It's okay. uh, I like punk rock ass Dennis yeah he la- like it made me laugh he put a um, little eyeliner on he actually looked pretty good there is a couple of little there's the, the twins show up again they yeah. are uh EMTs there's a hilarious moment for me the cop and Marshall and, and Simon all end up at the front door of Dennis's house at the same time the cop is about to shoot the door handle off <laughs> and Simon's like whoa whoa slow down and then he just opens the door I love that beat so much um the idea that the nine-year-old has to stop this cop from just willy-nilly shooting I really enjoyed clearly a nine-year-old who's used to cops showing up and probably shooting his door <laughs> uh the uh, yeah, yeah for certain yeah. the other thing that i uh thoroughly enjoy at the afterwards si- marshall goes back to the house he's like i gotta see if this record player really records stuff that can't be uh so i got my copy of pitbull surfers live at carnegie hall <laughs> <laughs> i enjoyed that bit very much uh but overall it's just a mediocre Monster of the Week episode. It's it fine. in the middle of the it run. It belonged in the middle of the run. It's got some good beats. There's yep. some funny stuff, but mm-hmm. it's not special. Um, sorry, yeah. I feel like we're rushing it, but there's really not much to there's say. Nothing like, else I to went say through about all that. my notes. Yeah. The only other thing, that, and there is the line that I mentioned before, um, is that at one point when Marshall's trying to talk uh, uh, Dennis out of being a, butthole, a, pit, a Pitbull Service fan, he says, like, you know, I kind of liked him. I, I thought all that Nazi stuff was kind of dumb. And it's like, what? Hold on, was Wait, a weird that's throwaway. a weird throwaway line to have yeah. into this. And he's like, they're telling us. What, literally, Dennis is like, they're telling it how it is. It's like, whoa, <laughs> easy, Dennis. Um, but overall, that's a that's a weak way to end. I would almost recommend not watching it or watching it out of order, putting it on like doing a Star Wars thing, putting it in the middle, putting it in the middle somewhere. Yeah. Make, like, and if you're going to watch the show again, end on on the fucking meta script episode. Yes. and it ends great. And also, uh, fast forward the Poochie episodes until you get to the last, <laughs> last three. Just watch one fast sure. forward. Yeah. You got anything to plug, Karina? Yeah, uh, if you're ever in Austin, Texas, come see me at Cold Town Theater every Friday night at 10 p.m. where I and Sam Harder will be hosting live at Cold Town. Oh, that's awesome. One of the best stand-up shows in town, and we're thrilled to take it over. It's a great show. And if you are in Austin, I am headlining Cap City Comedy Club May 4th through the 7th. That's next week. I also have The Sting is back uh, Wednesday, May 4th, after my show here at King B. It's going to be super fun. Raul Sanchez, uh, Ariel Norman, a bunch of comics going to be on. It's going to be real fun. Uh, we are doing Air American Go- uh, Air American Go- we're doing American Gothic <laughs> next. Uh, it's on Hulu. You can listen to all of them. Me and Sarah June are going to be doing that one. Oh, it's going to be super be fun. Uh, so listen to that, and we'll see you next week.